0: for you to feel like you belong even if you never believe and so thank you again for listening and i hope today's message encourages you and helps you My name's
1: Justin, I'm the Next Gen Pastor, and I'm so glad to be with you today. If you're in the house, we have some of our church leadership here in the house. Also, you're at home in your house, hanging out, watching, or podcasting later. I want to welcome you, and make sure you you know about uh, just a few weeks from today, I think it's three weeks, uh, from today, September 27th, we're going to be resuming on-site services here at Centerpoint, right here in Valrico, which we are super excited about. Uh, Y'all are clapping for that, so you need to clap throughout the whole message. So don't stop clapping at all. I'm just kidding. And we're going to be on site, and what I want to just tell you is go on our website, go on our app, get the Pulse email, check out social media. You'll see all the details about it. You have questions. Our communications team has been working diligently to be clear with what we're going to be happening uh, on the 27th, so make sure you go check that out. That way, you know, I'm not going to explain all those things because uh, if you're watching online, if you're here in the house, like, you're tech savvy enough to find this so you can totally find that. Go to centerpointfl.org, click on the re-entry strategy. Uh, And we've said this all the time. Our lead pastor, Bryant, has said this, is we've never closed our doors. Like We've never been closed. we never stopped doing anything. We've been running with student ministry, with kids ministry, uh, with weekend services this entire time. Uh, We're excited to continue that uh, with a digital campus online and also uh, here physically in Valrico at our, our campus here. Now, this, this series we're going to be going over the next couple weeks, uh, it's My Big Fat Mouth, but not like my big fat mouth, although you could say I do have a big fat mouth. Uh, part of my job is talking, and if you have a microphone in your hand enough, you say stupid things, right? Some of you have been there as well, uh, but it's not just My Big Fat Mouth, although we could talk about that for a few weeks, but it's all of us. Like all of us, our mouths have the propensity to get us in trouble, don't they? Like, if if you're with me, just you can shake your head. You can say yes, even at home or online. Uh, You can talk with the community watching with you there. Like, like how many times have you said something and immediately it's like, oh, wow, that was so dumb. I shouldn't have said that. Or uh, this is what happens to me probably more regularly than I'd like to admit is I'm talking and it's like I can literally see my foot coming up to go right in my mouth. I'm just gonna say something stupid. And, And this is one of the things the scripture says is that in your mouth, your tongue has a power of life and death. And some of us, we've experienced that. Someone has spoken something to you and our words have weight. Everyone's words. It doesn't matter if you have a microphone and you're on a stage or you whisper in the back of a classroom or you're at home. It doesn't matter where you're at. Your words have weight. And we've experienced someone believing in us, someone saying something positive and encouraging us and just filling us up with like this motivation, this inspiration. You go, man, like that just, it just fills me up and it's going to propel me forward and Sadly, a lot of us also have stories in our minds that we're thinking about of people who have spoken negative and hurtful things to us. And you tear us down, and that propels you forward in a different set of life. I know uh, it, it's crazy to see how words have weight. If you ever watched uh, the show Shark Tank, which my family and I we watch on occasion, like, like these people, these are multimillionaires, right? Like they are like extremely wealthy. And as you hear their stories, you hear stories about them working and struggling and trying to succeed. And then uh, along the line, several of these people have someone that spoke something negative over them. And that just propels them to get down and work harder and be more diligent and work through so many things. And you could look at their life and go, wow, they have all these things. But yeah, but they also have all these hurts from words. And I think if if we're honest like, we see the weight that our words have. Like, we need to take time talking about that. Like, it doesn't matter, again, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a middle school kid, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're single, married, it does not matter who you are. Your words have weight. So we need to spend some time talking about that. And, and today we're going to talk about something I think every one of us has done. I, I mean, not, I'm like really sure every one of us has done this. I did this. Sometimes I was really proud of this. Sometimes I wasn't so much proud of this. I did this. Uh, Some in college Some of you did this a lot in college And you don't want to talk about the stories about that Uh, Things you do with your mouth Things that you say Uh, I did this in high school some Not as much in college More in high school A lot in high school And then in middle school is when I started doing this And I would do this with my friends And people in my neighborhood I did this one time with my brother's girlfriend I did this one time with my brother's girlfriend's mom Um, I'm talking about lying that's what we're talking about today. Some of you in the house, you were laughing. I don't know what you think I was talking about doing that I'd be sharing in church that I did with my brother's girlfriend's mom. Let me, let me tell you the story. So I'm about 13 years old, I'm home alone. And like every other 13 year old that's home alone, I had this great idea come to my brain. I said, I'm gonna call my brother's girlfriend. Now, if you've seen my brother, Jared, or if you go find him online, he, maybe he's watching right now, like Jared and I look extremely similar. Like we always got asked if we were twins growing up. The problem with calling his girlfriend is I was going to pretend to be Jared, and while we look really similar, we don't sound very similar. So I call, and her mom answers the phone. I say, yeah, this is Jared. And she's like, this, this is not Jared. I'm like, no, yeah, it's Jared. This is Jared. Can I just talk to you? And she's like, yeah, this does not sound like Jared. No, it's, trust me, it's him. She goes and gets her daughter. Her daughter gets on the phone and says, hey, I didn't know what to do. I never had a girlfriend I called before. So I'm just asking dumb questions. And she's like, this is not Jared. I'm like, yeah, this is totally Jared. Like no one's going to find out. Again, I'm 13. I'm a genius right now. All of a sudden her mom gets back on the phone and basically just like lets into me like any good mother would about how I knew you were lying to me. I can't believe you did that. You think I'm stupid and hangs up the phone. And I'm like terrified right now. And then I'm like, oh, Jared's going to find out. And then he did find out. He actually wasn't upset. He actually thought it was super funny and loved the opportunity to tease me about it because he's my older brother and that's what older brothers and sisters do, right? And here's the deal. No matter what your stories about lying are, some of you, you have things like you're proud about, you lied about, you got away with. You're like, man, yeah, I have that story. Or even now, if you're an adult child, like you have all the things you lied to your parents about that they never found out, Right? And parents, don't be going asking those questions, okay? There's some things that are probably just better left unsaid and stones left unturned. Just roll with it now and build a loving relationship right now. But all of us have a problem with lying. Now, I'd ask you to raise your hand and tell, see if you've lied in the last day or so, but I know half of you would lie about that, so it's pointless. See, statistics say that people lie almost every single day. There's actually a study done back in 2002 by the University of Massachusetts where they, they had people come and they were talking to each other and they discovered that 60% of people could not have a 10-minute conversation with a new person without telling at least one lie. Now, how many of us, like that's us, you walk in even uh, if you're going to work tomorrow or at school, people say, how are you? Oh, I'm great. And then if you really look at you're like, I'm not really great. Like I just lied about that thing or, or you meet someone new and, and especially like you're trying to connect with them and well, I like this kind of music. Oh my goodness. I love that kind of music. Oh, I like that kind of food. Oh, I love that kind of food. And like, you're just lying because you want to get connected to this person, right? Like all of us lie. And, and to just be really clear about what we're talking about with a lie, because uh, sometimes we can be all over the place with stuff. I think our words have weight and, and how we define words matter. Because if we don't define a word the same way, then we can't really talk about it and have any kind of reconciliation or movement towards that word or understanding it better. So so this is one of the doctors who was involved with some of these studies online. This is how they define it. It's a deliberate choice to mislead. Simply put, a deliberate choice to mislead. And this guy, even Dr. Paul, he said there are two main kinds of lies. There's the lies of like concealing stuff where you're hiding things away so people can't find out about it. Right? Like, how many of us, again, you think that back through high school, college, middle school, no matter where it's at, like now nah, I will ask you. Raise your hand if you've concealed stuff, you've lied about stuff. Again, if you're not raising your hand, you're lying right now, obviously. So there's concealing stuff, and, and this is not like a, a, a protecting way. Like, sometimes you're like, well, I don't want to tell you the truth because I want to protect you. Like, you ask me if that makes you look fat. And let me just say, people, if someone asks you if the clothes they're wearing makes them look fat, that is a setup. Don't fall for it. Turn around and just walk out and just leave them. And just say, like you don't want to hear what I have to say. Right? But even in a situation like that, like we, we will lie to people sometimes. Why? Because we want to try to protect things, but, but we're lying. We're concealing the truth. Then there's another kind of lie where you're just making stuff up. It's falsifying. Like you said you're going here. You're going there. You said you went to their house. but said you went to that house. You said you spent this much money, but actually you spent that much money. Like you are just making stuff up. And no matter what kinds of lies we have, like they're just normal in our culture, aren't they? Like we normalize it and, and where people just operate in a way, where we just lie a lot. And, but this is the thing though, lying is not like an addition to a great life. Like most people are not like, man, things are awesome for me. Like relationships are on point, school or work, I'm just crushing it. Like things are just great. You know what I really wanna do right now? I just wanna lie a little bit about stuff. Like generally that's not the way it goes. Generally, it's like, man, things are difficult. Things are hard. Relationships, I want to protect that relationship. I want to avoid that consequence. I want to find acceptance here. I want to protect your feelings. I want to protect my secrets. And this is even another study down by a university in California. They were asking all these college students and college students that self-identified as lying daily, which I'm just going to go on a limb here and, and maybe it's a stretch, but if you do something every day, I think you are that thing, right? Like if you lie every day, like, you're a liar. If I lie every day, I'm a liar, right? If I exercise every day, I'm an a exercising, healthy, fitness kind of person, right? Like, if I play music every day, I'm a musician, or at least hoping I am. So These people self-identified as lying daily, and what the study found is that people who lied daily also reported poorer school performance, so lower GPAs, poorer self-esteem, and exhibited more, uh, more symptoms of a passive-aggressive personality disorder, now, it wasn't clear from the study if those things were a cause or a result from the line or how it was connected. But bottom line, I think we all can agree, lying is not just an addition to a great life. Like generally when I'm lying about something it's because something is not going great. But this is the problem with lying though. And let's just be honest about it. Lying works. Right, doesn't it? Like you're involved in a situation, you know you did something that you should not do. Your parent asked you, your employer asked you, your spouse asked you, somebody asked you and you know you shouldn't have done that and you lie about it and then you walk away and go, wow, like that actually worked. And that didn't hurt anybody. And no one found out about it. But, but here's the problem. When we lie, we forget one important word, yet. It didn't hurt anybody yet. They haven't found about it Yet, it hasn't cost me my job, yet. And this is just the reality for all of us. When we lie to escape consequences, the problem is that we're sacrificing our character. And no matter where you're at, it doesn't matter what you believe about Jesus or the scriptures or or how often you lie or what you think about lying. Like the reality is when you lie, you're sacrificing your character and you're gonna see why. Because lying, it's easy in the moment, but it makes life way harder down the road. And telling the truth most of the time, if we're just honest about it, like telling the truth is difficult in the moment, but it can make life so much easier down the road because you're not trying to keep track of all these lies. See, and and we probably would say, well, like little lies aren't a big problem. Like little lies, little problem. And I would agree with you right? Like little lies, like I lie to my kids about stuff, right? Like sometimes you got to be strategic with your lies. Like I lie and tell my kids, especially if they're trying to go to bed and they like have everything that's hurting and everything that's wrong. Like th- and parents, you know, like your kid's not really hurt, right? They're just trying to get out of bed. I will give them the medicine remember? and then I lie to them and tell them, Hey, the medicine's not going to work unless you stay in bed. That kind of medicine only works if you lay down or if they're outside, I want to come inside and say, Hey guys, there's big bugs out there. Get inside real quick. Right, like little lies, how bad is this? I'm telling you about how much I lie when I'm talking to you in a message about lying. (laughs) Little lies are little problems. I would agree with that. And big lies are big problems and show you that there are big problems. But the problem is where do you find the line between little and big? And why are you the judge of the line? Because I might think this is a little lie, but to you, it might be something big. And I might think this isn't gonna affect anything, but to you, this is massive and it affects you. And this is why I'd say, we're gonna look at why I think God hates lying because he does. And as we get into this, I would just give you a quick out. If you're not a Jesus follower and you're like, man, I'm just investigating this stuff. I'm just trying to figure it out. I just found this online or someone invited me to this or, or however you find yourself. If you're not a Jesus follower, you don't have to listen to any of this stuff about lying. You can lie as much as you want. Like, like legitimately, like I have no, no position to say, hey, you can't do this, you should just because you live your life however you want to because you haven't stepped under the authority of Jesus and followed him. So it doesn't make sense for me to try to tell you what to do. But again, when you lie, your life isn't better. So I would even encourage you, like if you want the, the full, the, the incredible life, the peaceful, the joyful life that Jesus promises, I'd say I would try to do the things that Jesus does. And Jesus even, when he fo- calls people to follow him, if you look through his life, he doesn't call them to believe everything first. He calls them to just follow. He doesn't go through like a theological checklist to make sure you understand and believe all things. He says, hey, you come follow me. You come and embrace my way of life. And you're gonna see as you begin to embrace that way of life, that's how life works best. And maybe you wanna follow me more with other things. So I'd even encourage you, if you're not a Jesus follower, just try it out, because what do you have to lose? Probably Nothing. And this is, this is where I think God really speaks to us. And this is one verse, one main idea that we see in the scriptures about how God lies. And this is in Proverbs. This is like wisdom literature. So this guy Solomon wrote these, these Proverbs it's Hey, this is how life works best. And there's all sorts of stuff about your words. There's all sorts of stuff about work, about relationships, about wealth, all sorts of incredible wisdom there. And this is one of the things that, that he wrote down as God directed him. It says that the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The Lord detests in lying lips. Now, we don't use the word detest a whole lot anymore. Like, you don't get home and you eat some food and you're like, oh, I detest this food, right? Like, no one uses detest. And basically, all this word means is, is disgusting. It's gross. It's like, Ugh. like, God, like, when you lie, God has a visceral reaction. Now, can you imagine if you almost threw up every time you were about to lie? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm not good. Like, are you sick? No, I'm just dishonest, right? Like, this is the reaction that God has to lying. He goes, he detests lying lips. We're gonna talk about that in a second, why I think that is. But this is the thing that's crazy is it doesn't say that he delights in the truth. It says he delights in the people who tell the truth. Now, the reason I think that God detests, that God hates, that God gags when we lie is because lying promises one thing but delivers another. And what lying promises is freedom, is acceptance, is status. But really what it brings is bondage. See, and this is kind of the, the main point. If you could remember one thing from today, if you could write it down, if you could think about this, if you could focus on this the next couple of weeks, is th- this is the, the whole thing wrapped up. Lies bring bondage, truth brings freedom. And I think the reason that God detests, God hates lying is because you look through the scriptures, he, his story with humanity is constantly bringing humanity out of bondage is bringing us out of the things that capture us and hold us down and destroy us and to bring us into a place of freedom. And I think God looks and goes, I've worked so hard to bring you out of this bondage to bring you to a place of freedom. And now you're gonna go from your place of freedom and turn around and lie about things to put you right back in bondage. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And for some of us, you're like, well, Justin, like what? I mean, bondage really like, is it like, yeah, big lies. I can see like that's going to ruin stuff. And you've seen people ruin their lives. You've been around people. Maybe you're one of the people who's ruined your life because of lies that you've told. And yeah, big lies will bring big bondage, but also even smaller lies can bring bondage. Again, and this, is, this is not the lies that like, I'm just saying stuff, messing around with my friends and joking around where everybody knows I'm not telling the truth. Again, this is a, a, a conscious decision to mislead, to conceal something or to make something up, right? And, and here's the deal. I think for so many of us, we experience the bondage of lies because when we lie, we immediately begin to worry about being found out. And we start running around in life and you lie to your boss and every time you go into work, you're like, are they gonna find out today? Like they ask you to come to their, your office and you're like, oh man, like they found out, I got caught, like this is the deal. Or your spouse or your significant other, you, you lie to somebody, your friends. And every conversation you're on pins and needles, you're just like, they're gonna find out. And, and the way that Solomon wrote this, again, in his wisdom, he said, this is, this is what this is like. It's like the wicked people fleeing when no one pursues, when no one's chasing them, you're just running away and you're pursuing, uh, your pursuer is not even there, but the righteous are as bold as lions. And you think wicked and righteous, like sometimes those words can get wrapped up in in weird ideas in our mind. Like righteous is just people who live the right way. And it's not the right way as I define the right way. It's the right way as the authority, the creator defines it. Because there's things that I wanna do that are not good for me, right? Just like all of us. But when, I, when I'm wicked, when I'm living in a way that is going to hurt and destroy things, I'm running away when no one's even chasing me. But here's also the question you have to think about is where are you running to with those things? Like even with the lies that you're telling, even with the lies that you're believing, even the lies that you're, you're living, like where are you running to as you're telling those lies? Because generally it's a fake place. It's a false sense of identity or security. Right? You think about this again, to go back to middle school or maybe you're in middle school right now and you wanna be accepted by friends around you so you lie about things to find acceptance and approval from people around you, but the people actually begin to like and embrace a version of you that is not you. Or you, you get older and you're in college or you're right after college and you're, you're lying about things so that people around you will see things or you're living a lie pretending that everything is okay, but that's not really who you are and that's not really your identity that's not really your security and you're constantly worried about being found out See, there was a a group of religious people in jesus's day that were constantly pretending that everything was great and jesus even even said like like you're like whitewashed tombs like you're like vessels that are clean on the outside on the inside are disgusting and gross and detestable and they're living a lie. And this is how Jesus talked about these people. Jesus, how Jesus talked about them uh, in John's account of Jesus' life. He said, this is kind of how you are, but really not just you. This is how like you're basing your life. You're basing your life off of the enemy, off of Satan, not off of God and in God's ways. You're basing them off of Satan's ways. And this is what Jesus says about Satan in regards to lying. This is, is John chapter eight. He goes and he says, he talked about Satan, he was a murderer from the beginning, He's not, he was not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. For when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he's a liar and the father of all lies. There's a lot of lies and liar and truth. And for us to understand this, you got to go back and see what happened from the beginning. Because Jesus is like, man, from jump, it's been like this. Like it's always been Jesus, like Satan is just destroying and killing. He's a murderer, he's a liar. And what happened back in the beginning? See, if you, if you read through Genesis, the, the, the first book in the Bible, which a lot of us, like if we didn't have anyone walking us through the Bible, we like, we all started in Genesis, Right? And you read Genesis and you're like, what is going on here? Like things are getting made. And then there's this guy, Adam and Eve, and then there's this ark and there's the flood. And also, yeah, like, I can't even believe this. This is so crazy. But you keep reading it because it reads kind of good and it's long stories, but they're good. And then you, you keep going, like how many, it's like you keep going into Exodus and you're like, man, like this is a story about like Israel coming out of Egypt and there's all this drama and all these people, this family. Wow. This is like really cool. Like we're following this family. And then you get to Leviticus and you're like, why God? Like, why did you, why, what is it he doing here? And then you stop. But this is what Jesus is saying. And, and I believe Genesis because Jesus believed Genesis. And what I'd say too is, is for a lot of us, like we, we can easily wrestle with the idea of creation or evolution. And it's, it's a difficult point for us. Even with student ministry, like we talked about this a couple months ago and we talk about this regularly with students because this is a big, a big deal. Okay, like it's not just Jesus. Like Jesus, yes, is the center point. He, no, no pun intended, right? He is the center of our faith. Without the resurrection, without the person of Jesus, like everything is washed away. Like there is no foundation other than Jesus Christ alone. But Genesis really does matter. And for me, this is this is where where I'm out to speak. For me, okay, is if you look at the theory of evolution, you look at the concept of creation, right? Like one of those. I think speaks to a design and a purpose for my life and for your life and for everyone's life. And one of those speaks to random things happening. And as I interact with human, human people, right? If I, as I interact with all of humanity, as I interact with people, like I believe we have been given a purpose and a design in our life. And as I have done research, scientific research into evolution and creation, like just for me, creation just makes more sense. And even if you go through, and this is where the church has been horrific with this, because you try to have these gotcha moments with, with scientists and evolutionists, and, and here's the reality. Even people in the church, like we try to point to things like, well, there's gaps in the fossil, all that. Like, like, like here's the deal. Evolutionary scientists know that was going to happen, right? They predicted gaps. They predicted that they wouldn't have all the pieces to the puzzle, and they admit that they don't have all the pieces to the puzzle. And that's okay. But again, if, If Jesus affirms Genesis, if Jesus affirms Adam and Eve, then I can go back. And if I can believe that Genesis is true, then I can have, for me, more pieces to the puzzle. And it is, for me, reasonable to believe that creation actually happened, that Adam and Eve were actually people, that there was a beginning. And according to the scriptures, this is what happened in that beginning. God creates all the stuff. Everything's good. Adam and Eve are there. Everyone's having a great time. They're all partying in the garden. And God says, hey, there's one rule. Don't eat from that tree. Knowledge of good and evil. If you do that, you're gonna die. It's like, that's really a big bummer. You guys don't even really know what death is yet. So like, don't worry about that, but it's gonna be bad for you, right? And then Satan rolls up and Satan comes to Eve and says, hey, did God really say? Like, like did he, but did he? I don't think he did. Did he really say? And then he goes on with Eve and says, hey, because he tells him, no, God said, we eat this, we're going to die. And this is where, for a lot of us, you, you read this passage, you're like, there's a snake talking to a woman. I totally get the hang up on that. And, and again, let me just say, I think there's going to be people in heaven that believe in creation and people who believe in evolution. They're all going to be, you know, people are going to be in heaven on both sides, all right? But I want to look at scripture and see, what does scripture say? And I want to try to understand that. And the serpent comes and he says, you're not going to die. See, God knows that when you eat from it, when you eat from this tree, the the one thing God told you not to do, when you eat from it, you're actually gonna have your eyes open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. I'm promising you freedom. See, God is mean. God's holding you down. God is, is keeping something good away from you. But here's the problem. Up until this point, I believe you read through the account, Adam and Eve only had the knowledge of good. They didn't have the knowledge of evil. So when they stepped out from the, the bounds that God had for them and stepped over to the freedom that was promised them, they actually stepped into bondage. They actually took a step down and backwards. He says, you're not gonna die, but, but here's the deal. I don't know if you've seen the, the most recent statistics. 100% of people die. Everybody that you know is, is going to die. Everybody that I know is gonna die. I'm going to die. You are going to die. It kind of sucks. Like we don't like that. But Jesus' reality, so was Satan trustworthy in what he told to Eve? Like, no way. He's a liar and he's a murderer. And from the beginning, he's been murdering and lying. And Adam and Eve, I think they ate from the fruit. And they go, man, I don't think these are all that bad. I mean, you look through the scripture, like realizes that they're naked for the first time, which I don't know how that was for them. But then like, oh man, we gotta hide because stuff is going down, this is bad. And the immediate consequences did not seem all that bad. But then again, you look through the generations, we're still living with the consequences. This is why we have dysfunction. This is why we have mental illness. And this is why we have all sorts of diseases. And this is why we have death is because we were lied to. You're promised freedom, but we got bondage. And this is why I think God hates lying. Because you think you're getting something better, but you're actually exchanging something better for something far worse. And Satan is still telling lies. He tells us things like, this isn't gonna hurt anybody. No one's ever gonna find out about this. This is what I love. This has been a lie. I've heard, I believed, I've embraced and I'm trying to walk in the truth. Like you're the only one like this. Like how many times in the church, even particularly, like you're struggling with something, you're doing something, you know you should not be doing, your marriage is in a place you know it shouldn't be. You have some habit, some addiction, something. You're like, I really should not be, but, but I don't think anyone else is struggling like this, like me. That's such a lie. And Satan will disguise lies as truth. But this is the problem. Once you tell a lie, all your truths become questionable. And we can look back and go, okay, so Satan said you wouldn't die, and now everyone's dying, so that was a lie, obviously. So now all of his truths become suspect, and we need to investigate them. But also for you and I. Like we start walking around. We start telling lies. We start embracing lives, lies. Like, we begin to have questionable lives, And this is where something like you don't really feel it until you lose it, right? And then once they find out, now you feel the effects man, I never should have lied to in the beginning. If I would have just told the truth, like it would have been difficult, but like I wouldn't have all these consequences. And the truth is hard, isn't it? Like the truth is hard to speak. The truth is hard to hear so much of the time. But, and this is right If I know you love me and you care for me, I can hear you say things that are incredibly difficult to hear. Like imagine God looking at Adam and Eve and telling them, if you eat this, you will surely die. Like we have this great relationship right now, but if you step out and they're like, you're gonna die. Like that's the effects and the consequences of this decision. And that's a hard thing to hear. And this is where if, if we're honest, like, like church people and I'm a church person, right? Like church people, we've gotten so caught up in sharing the truth, but not caring for the people that we're sharing with, right? Like, like we go and, and we just got to be all about the truth and we got to hold up to the truth. And like, absolutely, we need to hold to the truth. But if we go, we try to share the message of Jesus without the kindness of Jesus, I think we totally miss the point. Because Jesus went and he built relationships with people and he sat down with people and he always expressed love and acceptance and kindness. And then he would talk about truth. And then the people would see, man, you love me unlike anyone I've ever had love me. And even though what you're saying is a hard thing, I, like I think I can, like I can hear it. I might not agree with it, but I can hear it. And if if my position over you elevates to a position of authority. As I'm sharing the truth with you, I don't know that I'm really loving you kindly because discovering, discovering truth, I think, is a journey and a conversation. And I've seen this even in my life where I'm talking with someone about something, like I believe the truth, I see the truth, like it's clear to me, I understand this, like I'm not moving around on what I believe on it. Like this is the truth, but you don't agree with that, but let's discover this together. And you know what happens? When I come in and, and I'm side by side with somebody like I'm learning as they are learning. I'm learning things about them and about their situation and trying to understand. And I'm learning how to care for them before I try to share with them. That's the reason church, like, we gotta get back to that because if we're honest, so much of the time, it feels like truth brings bondage, doesn't it? Like come to the church, you gotta give up all your fun. You gotta change everything about you. It's gonna be great, come with us. Why wouldn't you wanna come do that? Instead of saying, hey, Jesus describes a life he offers as full and free and joy and peace. And wouldn't you want that? And let's discover that life together. And you'll see that truth does bring freedom. Again, if you can remember one thing, it's simply that lies bring bondage and truth brings freedom. Now, maybe you're listening and you're like, Justin, I don't tell lies. Like, I get, like, you're talking to all these liars. Like, I get it. I don't tell lies. Try to even say, like, I love you, but you're lying. Right? Like, there's just, I mean, statistics. Like, it's not a Bible thing. It's like a human nature thing. Like, it might not be a big lie, but you're lying. I think you can probably find yourself in a few, one of these categories. Maybe all of them. Maybe one of them is, like, there are people, like, you're, you tell lies. Again, it's to try to protect relationship. to try to, try to protect your feelings, try to protect my feelings. More often than not, it's trying to protect my secrets, my habits, things about me. Like I am going to do my best to protect me. So I'm gonna tell lies. I'm gonna to try to get acceptance. Even for some of us, man, like we post stuff on social media because we're like, hey, I just need to put out some image or not even social media. It's really easy to look at social media be like, man, all those young people on social media, like, come on, like you don't have times or you lie to people at your whatever game you play on Tuesdays. Or like your, your family gatherings, like you don't come up with your best version of yourself and tell all the good stuff and conceal all the bad stuff so everyone is misled to believing something that's not accurate. Like you're telling lies or also there's a group of people that you're believing lies. And you're believing lies about you and you're believing lies about them. Right? These are lies that someone told you maybe when you were a kid, lies like you will never measure up, you're not smart enough, you're just that way, you can't change, you're stupid, you'll never be good enough, you're ugly, you're fat, whatever it might be. Maybe it's even times no one said anything, they just did something. They walked out and they left you as a kid and you feel like you are worthless. And somewhere along the line, Satan crept in. He started telling you lies and said, yeah, dad left because you don't matter. You do matter. And we gotta stop believing lies about ourselves, but also equally important, we gotta stop believing lies about them, whoever them is. Well, all the people in that group, they're all this way or they're all that way. All white people, all black people, all police, all military, all men, all women, all rich, all poor, all gay, all straight. Whatever it is, like you believe lies about them and then you treat them as lesser than because of the lies you believe about them. Instead of going over to that group, whatever group it is, and sitting down and say, hey, how can I care for you? This is just just the reality. If you read through the scriptures, you read through the New Testament, you look at the letters that Paul wrote. His letters were constantly about reconciliation, about bringing people together underneath the house of God. And this is where we as a church, we need to stop believing the lies about them, whoever them is. We have to say, hey, why don't you come and why don't we do exactly what Jesus did? It's so simple, but we miss it. Why don't you come and sit down and eat a meal with me? Forget about debates, forget about like, why don't we just come and just sit down, break bread and just talk. I think a lot of times in our lives, if Satan can't get us to tell lies, he's gonna get us to believe lies. And that's gonna fracture so many relationships with people around you. And the last last group is people telling lies, people believing lies. The last group is just people living lies. And this is closely related with both of them, but this is just, you've become to just embrace an entire way of life that is just wrong and off. And you have this false sense of identity and security and you're walking around and you know you're hollow. You know that you are not embracing a full and free and joyful and peaceful life. And what I wanna say is, is the words of Jesus, where he said, hey, if you come, if you come, if you, if you're my disciple, if you follow after me, this is right in John 8 where he's talking about how Satan's a liar. He said, like, if you come to me, like you're gonna know the truth and the truth will set you free. I think today, this morning, whenever you're listening to this, God wants to set some people free. Like Jesus wants to set some people free to say, I don't have to keep telling lies to earn acceptance or protect things because when I protect things, a lot of times they're not actually good for me. I'm not gonna believe lies about them. I'm not gonna tell lies. I'm not gonna live lies. Like Jesus wants to set you free. Jesus came and he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. He didn't just come and teach about truth. He was truth and he showed us through his life how to live life to the full. and How not to to walk around lying about stuff and put up a fake image of ourselves. And here's the reality. I think as Jesus wants to set us free, it's gonna take some work on our part, right? Like you're gonna have to go and have some conversations and it's gonna be painful, it's gonna be difficult. But here's here's the reality is, lies are easy in the moment, but it makes things so much harder. But the truth, working towards freedom, it's difficult in the moment, it's hard in the moment. If you've ever had to tell someone the truth on something you've been hiding, it is incredibly difficult, it's painful for everybody. But then you're free. And you're not bound by that anymore. And this is what I tell you is, is you need to go to somebody and you know right now probably what that is, right? Like I've talked about a whole different arraignment of, of lies and the type of lies and you probably have something that stuck out in your mind and you're like, man, that, I, yeah, maybe it's that thing. I don't know if it's that thing. Maybe it is that thing. Like, can't I just tell you like it is that thing and you probably know someone you need to go talk to about it. And, and this is what I'd say is you just go to them and you just say, hey, something simple like this. Hey, I heard this talk the other day, and it was about lying and about how freedom is found in the truth. And I wanna live in the truth and the freedom because I think freedom is the best thing. And I have something I need to tell you, whatever it is, it could be a coworker, it could be a neighbor, it could be whoever. And this is the thing, there might be something small and don't listen to the lie that that's just too small to make a big deal about. Because what you let slide, what you let come into your character will take over your character eventually and take over your life eventually. So those small lies that you're telling, like you won't be able to see the line from the small lies to the big lies. So just go. I wanna tell you, if, if you're married, I wanna give you some special, special advice for married people. Do not go to your spouse and ask them, hey, are you lying to me about stuff? Do you have any secrets? Like that's not gonna go over well for anybody. Instead, what you should do is you should go to them and, and say, hey, I just want you to know We heard this talk about living in freedom and the truth. And if there's anything that you need to talk to me about, is there anything that you are worried that I'd find out or any secret you're keeping or any lie that you're telling, if there's anything you are working through, I am here, I love you no matter what, and I'll walk with you through no matter what. Because here's the reality. Some people, and I've had friends in my life where, there is a lie and there's a destructive behavior and there's a horrible situation and it comes to light and it's incredibly painful and you should feel all the feelings. I'm really, really scared of people who just process like that. Hey, you said this massive thing like, oh, I'm just done. We just processed it. Like, No, you didn't. You just stuffed it down. But here's the deal. It's toxic and toxic stuff is going to ooze out of other areas. So feel all the feelings, get angry, yell, cuss. Do th- don't be hurtful or destructive to people, but do things to feel the feelings, get into counseling, get into community, get into groups. But here's the reality. Don't exchange the bondage of lives to the bondage of anger and bitterness. And as crazy as it sounds, and you have every right to be disgusted with them, you have every right to wanna walk away, you have every right to wanna just be done with them. But as crazy as it is, would you follow Jesus to freedom just like they're trying to do that? it's so easy to go right from one area of bondage to the next. Instead of saying, no, I'm gonna get into counseling with you because I love you and I wanna walk through this with you. We're gonna get into community. We're gonna get accountability. And can you imagine the life that you would have if you were free from all the lies? Lies that you tell them, lies you believe about them. Lies at your limit, where you're just like, hey, I I have nothing. Like, like I love the, the terminology Solomon uses it. The the righteous people who live right are as bold as lions. Have you ever watched a lion walk around? Lions are so gangster. They have this swagger that they just walk around, like they don't even care. Like, don't you want that life? That's the life I want. And that's why I want to choose to walk in the freedom of the truth. And I think that's for you too. I think that's found in Jesus. So Jesus said, if, if you believe you receive, you believe my death, my burial, my resurrection, like you are not good enough and you will hear lies that you are good enough that you can figure it out. I wanna walk in this new way of life and telling you like, you're not good enough, but my death and resurrection can cover all your inadequacies, all the dysfunction that you have in your life, all the brokenness, all the lies you've told, all the lies that you believe. I will come, I will cover it with my life because I love you that much. And that's the reality. That's one of the biggest lies we hear is that God doesn't love us that much. That there's stuff you have to add on to that. But Jesus says, no, it's that and only that and always only that. And you believe and say, yes, I want Jesus. You can walk in newness of life. You can walk in the freedom that Jesus has for you. And if you're here and you're like, man, like I want that, I wanna trust in Jesus. Like tell someone. You can talk to someone. If you're in the house, you can come talk with me or talk to someone in the house. If you're online, talk to someone hosting the service you're in. You can click a button. You can click a link. You can let us know. We want to celebrate with you because we are all about people finding life and freedom in Jesus. And when you're living with lies, you can't live with freedom because lies bring bondage, but truth brings freedom. Would you pray with me no matter where you're at? God, thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. God, in our gathering, God, thank you for the freedom that you promise and not only promise, God, thank you for the freedom that you deliver. God, I ask that we would have wisdom to discern the lies from the truth and God, that we would have the courage to walk in the truth. God, I know even... This next week, there's gonna be marriages that are gonna get punched in the face as someone exposes a lie. God, someone chooses to walk in the freedom that you offer. And God, I ask that you'd be there in their midst. God, that you would shower them with your grace. God, for for young singles, God, as they are embracing a lie and they're turning from that and it's so difficult because it's all they've ever known, God, I ask that you would give them courage to walk in your freedom. God, for students, I ask that you would give them the boldness to walk around in a life that is totally free of lies. God, not misleading people to find acceptance because that is so fake, but God, you would lead them to walk in your truth. And God, that we would be a people that not only walk in your freedom, but offer your freedom to people around us. God, we love you and we thank you so much for freeing us.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways?